0: Madness. oh yes it's late night marks madness you're that's doing right. uh, we are, it's, and it's I can, time i can appropriately get back to my we're doing it again okay there we go yes yes we can we there's energy we've done an episode we got an episode under the belt <laughs> pumped got all the stretched out we've read I've, about a bunch of different kind of racism
1: that's right I'm, I'm just still back. drinking my my non caffeinated tea, but it's a new kind. Ooh, I forgot to tell you this between shows. Oh God! I I, I rummaged through the back of my closet to find more tea because I ran out of the weird Kool Aid passion fruit stuff.
0: You and can't I, see my head shakes, but just know it's happening, guys. And I
1: found pregnancy tea. Now hear me out. This is not tea formulated for pregnant. I want to die. This is for tea formulated to be safe for pregnant women to eat because most types of herbal tea drink. And most types of herbal tea are not. And it's actually really good neutral tea. And I'm enjoying
0: it. Guys, can uh, can we get back to the racism? Page 94.
1: Um, (laughs) My stories are so bad. I would would prefer to read the racism.
0: (laughs) Page 94. When Butler entered the city in 1862, the Confederates fled tumultuously or laid aside their uniforms and stayed. The Free Negro Regiment did neither. But offered its services to the federal army. All right, all right. Feel like that was a cliffhanger from last time. We were discussing a lot of motivations about the the free Negro regiment of the Confederacy, and they uh, yeah, they, they they you know joined the North. All right, cool. Um, the instructions given by General McClellan to General Butler were silent on this most perplexing problem. On leaving Washington, Butler was verbally informed by the president that the government was not yet prepared to announce a Negro policy. They were anxiously considering the subject and hoped, ere long, to arrive at conclusions. Uh, Decoded, Lincoln was waiting until every single other person in the North agreed with exactly what he wanted to do before he went ahead and did anything. Butler found the Negroes of great help to him, but he could not, as in Virginia, call them contraband because he had no work for them. He wanted to free them, but on May 9th, the news came that Hunter's Proclamation in South Carolina had been revoked. Butler, however, abolished the whipping houses, and it, why do you need a whole house to whip people? And encouraged the Negroes who called on him. One consequence was that the general had a spy in every house, behind each rebel's chair as he sat
1: at the table. That seems so, strategically good. I'm. It I'm, does seem
0: strategically I, good. I don't I like, like using Butler human needs to be listened to assets
1: yes yeah, no no but I'm just I'm just saying once again Lincoln may, maybe she listens Butler fellow maybe maybe
0: General Butler asked for reinforcements all summer on account of growing strength at Vicksburg and Port Hudson the condition of mobile and camps near New Orleans the answer from Washington was surprise surprise we cannot spare you one man we will send you men when we have them to send you must hold New Orleans by all means and at all hazards. Earlier, General Phelps, who commanded the federal forces about seven miles from New Orleans, had received a number of refugees, some of them in chains and some of them bleeding from wounds. Butler ordered him May 23rd, 1862, to exclude those from his lines. He replied at length, <coughs> added to the four million of the colored race whose disinf- dis affection is increasing even more rapidly than their number, there are at least four millions more of the white race whose growing miseries will naturally seek companionship with those of the blacks. He demanded that the president should abolish slavery and that Negroes be armed. Butler forwarded Phelps' reply to Washington. I don't know how forwarding
1: works uh, before I hit the forward (laughs) button in Gmail. I don't know why... I did not realize uh, that most, like most email things, there was actually a namesake taken from from snail mail. I didn't think. Forwarding. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I, what am I thinking? Uh, 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 forward address. Mail yeah.
0: forwarding. Yeah. Mail for, yeah. forward address. I guess, but it, it, I guess basically this is the equivalent. of He got the letter and then said like, "Oh, that's a great letter." Throw in other envelope, put on other stamp, hand to other pony, and send on its way. <laughs> Giddy up. Hacha the uh, replies to Washington. Phelps again demanded the right to arm Negro troops. He was ordered July 1st, 1862 to use the Negroes to cut wood. He immediately handed in his resignation saying, I am willing to prepare African regiments for the defense of the government against its assailants. I am not willing to become the mere slave driver, which you propose having no qualifications in that way.
1: I I feel like this Phelps character is, is pretty good. I like him.
0: I will take that right now. I will take that energy in this. Yeah. Um, fuck. Yes, I, I do now. Is being a soldier better than, uh, you know, we can get into these kind of trifles. But again, it's the argument of the government, Washington saying they are good for labor and labor only, and these generals going,
1: fuck you. Yeah. (laughs)
0: They're people and they are deserving of, uh, if we're, if we're. Well, realize, anything. they they were volunteering to
1: fight. You know, this wasn't saying, like, go out in the front lines and die for this. They they were saying, like, we want to fight for this cause. And Lincoln's saying, no, make them chop wood yeah yeah um so i it definitely got a hard side with this this phelps guy here also in I, this instance i feel like i want to make sure i've got this t- this this timeline right so oh, don't make me do time oh god um uh, am, am am i getting mixed up when i thought butler was the guy who was defending south carolina and georgia and florida and uh, keep looking for a
0: hot second um
1: and then now no, he's that was all you're the way new orleans. orleans
0: you're talking about hunter Hunter was the one uh, that was defending.
1: Okay. Okay. okay.
0: Hunter was defending. General Hunter okay. was defending uh, uh, that entire gap of Georgia, the, the Georgia Florida line, if you will, except I not gotcha. the crappy ones that bother. Nelly sold out to. This is both. So, what you're saying and what Du Bois is doing here is there is a. This is not a, a isolated incident. This is mm. not a. There's one guy who wants to do this radical thing. Yeah. There are everyone in this instance was anyone that was stationed in the south that had you know penetrated into the south and then was trying to garrison it was realizing the same thing
1: yeah it's basically uh, slapping we, them in the face this is the thing we need to do
0: yeah hey uh this this is this, this that that you know manager versus you know frontline employee kind of mentality of uh hey idiots uh th- this is actually happening i have a bunch of people here that want to work want to fight are are the most motivated people in this war you're ever going to see can i use them and then front office being like well we haven't cleared that through legal so i'm not sure you can give them
1: a gun yeah i mean this this is the the one lead who's not an asshole versus the area manager just over and over and over in a war
0: (laughs) yeah that's that is that is very much happening yep Um,
1: The use of Negro troops was precipitated by the attack which Breckenridge made August fifth, 1862 on Baton Rouge. Butler had to have troops to defend New Orleans and had applied to Washington, but none could be sent. Therefore, by proclamation, August 22, 1862, Butler called on Africa – accepted the free negro regiment which had offered its services and proceeded to organize the other negro troops i'm not sure i like his wording there really
0: really hate the wording just wanted uh, to
1: give it a sentence before i
0: really jumped in
1: yeah uh that said um i the the notion the action total good with good with that yeah um he recited at length the previous action of the Confederate governor in organizing the Negro Regiment, 1823, 186, 1823, April 23rd, 1861, and quoted directly from the Confederate government's proclamation. Now, therefore, the commanding general, believing that a large portion of his militia force of the state of Louisiana are willing to take service in the volunteer forces of the United States and be enrolled and organized to defend their homes from ruthless invaders, to protect their wives and children and kindred from wrong and outrage to shield their property from being seized by bad men and to defend the flag of their native country as their fathers did under Jackson and Shamlet against Peckinham and his mirrored myrmidons carrying the black flag of beauty and booty. Okay.
0: Let's, let's not get too carried away with black flags of beauty and booty. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't,
0: uh, you know, Let's, let's i would for you know a, a possibly a red flag with less booty involved but uh you know we can all we can all do our thing but this is
1: very it is very interesting that this is yep. yeah keep going sorry okay so the quote continues appreciating their motives relying upon their well-known loyalty and patriotism and with praise and respect for these great men it is ordered that all the members of the native guards aforesaid and all other free colored citizens reorganize. Recognized by the first and late governor authorities of the state of Louisiana as a portion of the militia of the state who shall enlist in the volunteer service, of the United States shall be duly organized by the appointment of proper officers accepted, paid, equipped, armed and rationed as other volunteer troops, of the United States, subject to the approval of the president of the United States. So he's saying he's taking the words of the the um, confederacy, confederacy, and he's saying, "Look, this is they're doing this. We can do this. Yeah, we have to do this. This is and our again, survival."
0: The, the equivalent of being like, "Well, our enemy's doing this thing, so we should like." I get this concept of like, don't stoop to that level, but like, we have hindsight here, people, and we also have. What the fuck are you talking about? Like it, it, the Confederacy, an organization mm-hmm. that's entire existence is predicated on keeping this group enslaved, was willing to acknowledge this basic level of humanity, and you, the ostensible, you know, liberating force, aren't. Yeah. The fuck.
1: Yeah. Basically, stop being a giant chicken shit. They're doing this. We need to do it.
0: Stop being a giant chicken shit. Give people basic humanity. I'm doing a weird, like the fuck, look in my
1: face, but it's not (laughs) not translating again. Once more to audio. He's he's got an entire to fuck like shimmy too. I just want you to know that
0: I do have. (laughs) There is a shimmy.
1: Thousands of volunteers under Butler's appeal appeared. In 14 days, a regiment was organized with colored line officers and white field officers. More than half of the privates were not really free Negroes, but fugitive slaves. A second regiment with colored line officers was enlisted, and a third with colored mess officers. In the Kansas Home Guard were two regiments of Indians, and among them over 400 Negroes and 2,500 Negroes served in the contingent that came from the Indian nations, many of them enlisted in 1862. In the meantime, the war was evidently more than a dress parade or a quick attack upon Richmond. 100,000 three-month soldiers were but a drop in the bucket. More and more troops must be had. The time of enlistment for many of the white troops was already expiring, and at last Negro troops could be used on fatigue duty in the large stretches of territory held by the federal armies down to the Atlantic coast and in the Mississippi Valley and in the border states senator henry wilson of massachusetts chairman of the senate committee on military affairs introduced a bill in july 1862 which empowered the president to accept negroes for constructing entrenchments and for other war service for which they not be found competent oh might be found competent. Let me- no but it's just this assumption that all right so we can definitely uh allow them to
0: dig our ditches yeah uh and if if they prove that they're capable of doing these other super complex things like shooting the gun, then we can maybe let them do that. But like test them for let's mean test whether or not people can serve uh, for their own liberation or not.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty gross. <laughs> um, Thank <let's> you. <laughs> if owned by rebels, such Negroes were to be freed but nothing was said of their families. Thaddeus Stevens championed the bill in the house and it was signed by Lincoln July 17th, 1862. Thaddeus Stevens, of course, being the most famous abolitionist. Yep. Um, well, deba- in Congress. In Congress. Yes. Not the most, most famous abolition uh, uh, period. Oh, go. Sumner, goodness, no, yeah.
0: Sumner, some Charles Sumner, Thaddeus Stevens. They were like the dynamic duo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we discussed this all in the huge intro. thing that we did. <laughs> yeah i can't just say the intro because it was like three or four episodes long it was three i'm sorry no it was good it's it's necessary Uh, The debate was bitter. Senator Sherman of Ohio said the question arises whether the people of the United States struggling for national existence should not employ these blacks for the maintenance of the government. The policy heretofore pursued by the officers of the United States has been to repel this class of people from our lines or to refuse their services. They would have made the best spies and yet they have been driven from our lines. Fessenden of May added, I tell the generals our army they must reverse their practices in their course of proceeding in the subject. I advise it is here from my place. Treat your enemies as enemies and the worst of enemies and avail yourselves like men of every power which God has placed in your hands to accomplish your purpose without the rulers of civilized warfare. Race of Minnesota declared that not many days can pass before the people of the United States North must decide upon one or two questions. We have either to acknowledge the Southern Confederacy as a free and independent nation and that speedily or we have to speedily to resolve to use all the means given to us by the Almighty to prosecute this war in a successful termination. The necessary, the necessity for action has arisen to hesitate is worse than criminal. The border states demurred, and Davis in Kentucky was especially bitter with threats. The bill was finally amended so as to pay the black soldier's bounty to his owner if he had happened to be a slave.
0: Oh, fuck Oh
1: Yeah, that's pretty... Fucked. Fuck you. <laughs> also, you notice there's a lot more of this appeal to, to um God. It's very, very a lot religious of the Almighty
0: coming in. Yeah. Oh, this I didn't make the decision to free the black people. It was God.
1: God. God, oh, God has God. laid these in our hand, men in our the, hands. The we must use Lord them. The Lord has
0: struck me with this this decision. <laughs> I can't I can't have a choice. All, All
1: that oh, go ahead.
0: was simply permissive legislation. For a time, the war department did nothing. Some of the commanders in the field, however, began to move. On the other hand, Senator Davis of Kentucky tried in January 1863 to stop the use of any national appropriations to pay Negro soldiers. Is this Jefferson Davis's fun undercover cousin? Who is this Davis from Kentucky, motherfucker? Why can (laughs) Kentucky not put forth good legislatures? I'm just saying. McConnell, a couple rands. I mean, maybe a, a Rand Paul or two. <laughs> and then this guy. I don't I I I'm sorry. I'm from Missouri. I get it, Kentucky. It sucks, but come on, self-crit. Let's do this.
1: Yeah. So um, this is Garrett Davis. That doesn't have much on him but other than his name.
0: Oh, well, of course not. Garrett Davis. He was a racist. The end. Uh this attempt was defeated. Thank you. And on January 6th, 1863, five days after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Secretary of War authorized the governor of Massachusetts to raise two Negro regiments for three years of service. These were the celebrated 54th and 55th Negro regiments, the first regularly authorized Negro regiments of the war. The recruiting of the 54th Massachusetts Regiment of Colored Men was completed by the 13th of May had been planned to have the regiment pass through new york but the chief of police warned that it would be subject to insult gotta love that liberal bastion of new york city (laughs) so it went by the sea to south carolina in october the adjunct general of the united states issued a general order permitting the military employment of negroes the Union League Club of New York appointed a committee to raise Negro troops, and after some difficulty with Governor Seymour, they received from Washington authority to raise a regiment. 1,000 Negroes reported within two weeks, and by January 27, 1864, a second regiment was raised. No bounty was offered them, and no protection promised their families. One of the regiments marched through the city. The scene yesterday, says a New York paper, was one which marks an era of progress in the political and social history of New York. A thousand men with black skins and clad and equipped with the uniforms and arms of the United States government marched from their camp through the most aristocratic and busy streets, received a grand ovation at the hands of the wealthiest and most respectable ladies and gentlemen of New York, and then move down Broadway to to the steamer which bears them to their destination. All amid the enthusiastic cheers, the encouraging plaudits, the waving handkerchiefs, the showering bouquets, and other approving manifestations of 100,000 of the most loyal of our people. I love how, I, I, of course, the upper crust of New York are coming out to wave their hankies and, and say yes. thank you to the Negro soldiers that are go the black men and women that are going off to fight their war for them. Thank so you for risking can, again, your lives
1: for my comfort. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I prefer to stay on fifth Avenue. <sighs> <laughs> again, it's just, it, it, it feels like throw, throw you some pennies. No, but especially just hearing again that the fact that they, that the, the first regiment had to, had to skirt by new york because they were yep. afraid of the backlash and 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 now it's this it's it's just again it's that same liberal modern uh, i'm disgusted by this but if it's presented to me and i have to like give the public facing message oh i'm very for this yes oh my god yeah. yes queen yes let's as, do this. As, soon as,
1: as soon as the public support is on its side yeah
0: yeah as soon as they know it's it's not gonna you know you know Jeopardize their social status; they'll do the the expedient thing that 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 they think will keep them. They'll rip on Maduro
1: all day, but then they'll jump on the parade to laugh the the bad Bay of Pigs invasion into Venezuela. That (laughs) kind of thing, exactly. Take it away, good sir. All right, Pennsylvania was especially prominent in recruiting Negro troops. A committee was appointed, which raised three hundred. 33,388, in which they proposed to raise three regiments. The committee was founded Camp William Penn at, at Shelton Hill, and the first squad went to camp June 26, 1863. The first regiment, known as the Third United States, was full July 24, 1863. The Third Regiment, known as the English United States, was full... The Eighth th- United States. Oh, thank you, because that was weird. Me. <laughs> it was. Uh, was full December fourth, 1863. Two more regiments were full January 6th and February 3rd. The regiments went south August 18th, October 14th, 1863, and January 16th, 1864. In the Department of the Cumberland, the Secretary of War authorized George L. Stearns of Massachusetts to recruit Negroes. Stearns was a friend of John Brown and a prominent Woo! abolitionist. Good. Good, sorry. Uh He took up headquarters at Nashville and raised a number of regiments. In the Department of the Gulf, General Banks- May 1st, 1863, proposed an army corps to be known as the Corps d'Afrique. That seems like a gross name. Corps d'Afrique. Uh, uh, Cord- okay, I guess that's how you say it. I don't know. I'm not good at pronouncing French. Uh, it, it was to no consist it consists of 18 regiments, infantry, artillery, and cavalry, and to be organized in the three divisions of three brigades each, with engineers and hospitals, etc. He said in this order, the government makes us mules, horses, uneducated, and uneducated and educated white makes men makes use of uh, makes use of mules, horses, uneducated and educated white men. I'm sorry, my copy is just the text is so tiny. No, it's, it's, been it's, it's the same that. way for me. I I know because okay. I'm dealing with it. Uh, in defense of its institutions, why should not the Negro contribute whatever in his power for the cause <gasps> in which he has as deeply interested as any other men? Uh, why we may f-
0: stop for a second?
1: The government makes use of
0: mules, horses and uneducated white men. Why should it
1: not use black men, too? That's the sentence. It did say and educated white men, to be fair. They
0: were the last one. <laughs> Mules, horses, uneducated, and
1: educated white, and occasionally the, a occasionally the guy with a degree. Uh, we may properly demand from him whatever service he can render. In March 1863, the Secretary of War said the Adjutant General Lorenzo Thomas into the south on a tour of inspection, Stanton's order said, the president desires that you should confer freely with Mayor General Grant and the officers with whom you may have communication and explanation to them and the importance attached to the government to the use of the colored population emancipated by the president's proclamation and particularly for the organization of their labor and military strength. You are authorized in this connection to issue the name of this department, letters of this department for field and company officers, and organize such troops for military service to the utmost extent to which they can be obtained in accordance with the rules and regulations of the service. Thomas spoke to the Army officers in Louisiana and expressed himself clearly. You know full well, for you have been over this country, that the rebels have sent into the fields all of their available fighting men. Every man capable of bearing arms, and you know they have kept at home all of their slaves for the raising of subsistence for their armies in the field. In this way, they can bring to bear against all the strength of their so-called Confederate states. While we at the North can only send a portion of our fighting force, being compelled to leave behind another portion to cultivate our fields and supply the wants of an immense army. The administration has determined to take from the rebels this source of supply to take their Negroes and compel them to send back a portion of their whites to cultivate their deserted plantations, and very poor persons they would be to fill the place of the dark-hued laborer. They must do this, or their armies will starve. Woof! All of you will someday be on a picket duty, and I charge you all, if any of this unfortunate race come within your lines, that you do not turn them away, but receive them kindly and cordially. They are to be encouraged to come to us. They are to be received with open arms. They are to be fed and clothed. They are to be armed. I, all right. I'm here for that. Yeah. End of end of a stern quote there. Um, it would not have been American, however, not to have maintained some color discrimination, however petty. Oh, oh. <laughs> don't, don't lose sight of things, Dr. Bois oh, says. Let's, DuBois. Let's, let's be clear oh. here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> First of all, there was the matter of pay. The pay of the soldiers at the beginning of the war was $13 a month. Negro soldiers enlisted under the same law. In the instructions to the General Saxton, August 25th, 1862, it was stated that the pay should be the same as that of the other troops. Okay. Soon, however, this changed, and Negro soldiers were allowed but $10 a month, and $3 of this was deducted for clothing. Many Man. of the regiments refused to receive the reduced pay. The 54th Massachusetts Infantry refused pay for the whole year until the regiment was treated as other regiments. Fuck yes, 54th Massachusetts. Get some. The state of Massachusetts made up the difference to disabled and discharged soldiers until June 15th, 1864, when the law was changed. In the Department of the Gulf, white troops who did, who did provost, provost. Duties, yeah, provost duties about the city were paid $16 a month while the Negro regiments were paid $7. At one time, this came near causing a mutiny. Damn fucking right it should have. But the the Negroes did not waver. waver.
0: John M. Langston, in a speech in Ohio in August 1862, said, Pay or no pay, let us volunteer. The good results of such a course are manifold. But this one alone is all that needs to be mentioned in this connection. I refer to thorough organization. This is the great need of the colored Americans. Organizing is important. Mm -hmm. Smoke. With regard to officers, the people of Pennsylvania secured from the secretary of war permission to establish a free military school for the education of candidates for commissioned officers among the colored troops. The school was established and within less than six months examined over one thousand applicants and passed 560 in the department of the gulf butler was in favor of colored officers because in the first colored regiment there were a number of well-trained and intelligent negro officers but banks was very much against colored officers and would not use them banks you're on notice there was at a first a very great distaste on the part of the white men for serving in a colored regiments No, you know, that's what systemic racism will do. Hunter found this difficulty with his first regiment. This is Hunter from uh, the original back last episode when we were organizing the Florida, Georgia, Mm -hmm. uh, South Carolina coastline. Uh, He found this difficulty in his first regiment, but he quickly cured it by offering commissions to competent non-commissioned officers. Later, when the black troops made their reputation in battle, the chance to command them was eagerly sought. Congress finally freed the wives and children of enlisted soldiers, a measure which Davis of Kentucky, you're back again, quickly opposed on the ground that <laughs> why are you here, Mister Davis? Why?
1: I the will say had, I, I no, dug right. in a little more on this Davis character. Uh, this this is his political party pathway: Whig, Constitutional <laughs> Union Party.
0: Fuck Democrat. off,
1: Fuck you.
0: This is Joe. This is Joe Mansion of 1863. <laughs> Fuck you, uh, Davis of Kentucky. Joe Mansion quickly opposed, on the, uh, uh, apparently, for libel and slander in Minecraft. Uh, the government had no power to take private property except for public use without just compensation. To the, they're just libertarians. Fuck off, Mister Davis. You, what is with Kentucky and libertarian assholes? The polls, I'm looking at you. Abraham Lincoln, under a fire of criticism, warmly defended the enlistment of Negro troops. The slightest knowledge of arithmetic will prove to... Oh, fuck. God, why is it that liberals have always tried this condescending, like, well, common sense, push up my glasses, fuck you. The slightest knowledge of arithmetic will prove to any man that the rebel armies cannot be destroyed with democratic strategy. It would sacrifice all the white men of the North to do it. There are now in the service of the United States near 2,000 able-bodied color men, most of them under arms defending and acquiring Union territory. And then this weird change of font that I don't know what it signifies, but it happened a couple paragraphs ago. Abandon all the posts now garrisoned by black men. Take 200,000 men from our side and put them in the battlefield or cornfield against us. And we would be compelled to abandon the war in three weeks. My enemies pretend I am now carrying on this war for the sole purpose of abolition. So long as I am president, it shall be carried on for the sole purpose of restoring the Union. Do not get it twisted. I don't care about black people. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but no human power can subdue the rebellion without the use of the emancipation policy. For every And every other policy calculated to weaken the moral and physical forces of the rebellion. Freedom has given us two hundred thousand men raised on Southern soil. It will give us more yet. Just so much it has subtracted from the enemy. David, I'm I'm I want to vomit having to read Lincoln's words. Please take. Yeah, me. no,
1: I mean it's bad. And again, you know, through it, not only is this as arrogant, like you said, glasses push up, liberal, um, obtuse, you know, stare, sneering down at you, but there is this this argument that like. Think of the human currency. We're supposed to dispose of black lives, not white ones. We won't have any more white ones to save. Um, It's just grotesque. So again, you know, I mean, it's good. It's good. These men are are allowed to to fight for their freedom um, and to fight for abolition and force the abolition issue. Uh, It's a very, very important part of this, and, and we're in full support of it. But again, even the moderate supporters that are doing this are doing it. When they're forced with expediency, they're literally just saying, well, at least it's black people dying and not us. like that's what they're saying out fucking loud.
0: It's, it's just, again, modern day. Pull it forward. Mm-hmm. Look at the Democrats right now mm-hmm. trying to doing laps around themselves, trying to means test UBI in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we, we have this basic level of people are dying and people are starving and we have this, this quiet shutdown and all the Democrats can do is try and find every which way to say, we've made sure that everyone that's getting this money is po-
1: totally 110% deserving of it. Well, We're, e- even better analogy for now. Even better analogy please. For now. The Democrats are supposed to be the party defending immigrants. I mean, we've even brought this up in the last two episodes, right? And the argument is always like, well, think of the good, cheap farm labor coming from immigrants. Like it's it's the same thing. You know, you can't even they can't even fight for something good. And we're saying Democrats. Obviously, the parties were flipped back then. But liberals in this country, you can't even fight for something good without dehumanizing and victimizing openly and proudly the, the very victims that you're supposed to be fighting on the side for. It, it's, it's appalling. It, it, uh, yes, it's, Extremely. Uh, the question as to whether Negroes should enlist in the Federal Army was not nearly as clear as 18, in 1863 as it seems today. The South, Good!
0: It seems pretty clear right now.
1: <laughs> the South still refused to believe that the Civil War would end in an emancipation of slaves. There not only were strong declarations to the ca- – Uh, To the contrary in the north, but there was still a determined opposition in the border states. The Confederates industriously spread propaganda among slaves, alleging that Northerners mistreated the Negroes and were selling them to the West Indies into harsher slavery, even in the north among the more intelligent free Negroes, and there was some hesitancy. It's not us that have concentration camps. It's China. Look, (laughs) It's not us that are killing Muslims. It's them over
0: there. (laughs) Uh, Nothing ever
1: changes. I want to die. Mm -hmm. Frederick Douglass spoke of the free and educated black men, clear-headed and undeceived. Now, what is the attitude of the Washington government towards the colored race? What reasons have we to desire the triumph in the present contest? mind i do not ask what was the attitude towards us before this bloody rebellion broke out i do not ask what was the disposition when it was controlled by the very men who are now fighting to destroy it when they could no longer control it i do not even ask What was two years ago when McClellan shamelessly gave out that in a war between loyal slaves and disloyal masters, he would take the side of the masters against the slaves. When he openly proclaimed his purpose to put down the slave insurrections with an iron hand, when glorious Ben Butler, now stunned into conversion to anti-slavery principles, which I have every reason to believe sincere, proffered his services to the governor of Maryland Mm -hmm. to suppress a slave insurrection while treason ran riot in that state. And the warm red blood of Massachusetts soldiers still stay in the pavement of Baltimore.
0: So, yeah, I mean, Frederick Douglass, one, I, this constantly makes me want to do works, but I I mean, I feel like Frederick Douglass has come up in at least a couple other times we've done this. Yeah. Like one of these days we're going to have to do at least something, if not a shorter work from Frederick Douglass on the show, because he's every time he brings that same energy that, all of our best authors seem to bring in, in, in just biting commentary, mm-hmm. but more, I love the, so we've been talking about Butler in the same range as this Hunter and these other people is, Oh, they've seen they're, they're doing the right thing. But Douglas again, pulls it back and goes, Look, how many how many years ago was it that that Butler was putting down slave insurrections, Yeah, putting down slave insurrections? It's these people only see it when it's expedient and they only see it when they're put to the, you know, put to the edge and forced to make only one other choice. This is this is a choice of expediency, not a choice of moral principle. Um, They're just being done what they have to do to survive. And that's what
1: they've always done. Mm-hmm. And he even does say, you know, he has every reason to believe that Butler's anti-slavery principles are now sincere, but he was exactly. stunned into converting. That's not who he was before. You
0: have to be put to the and And, and how many people in the north are, are put to that? How many yeah. people that are, that are legislating these decisions as to whether or not, you know, we should be allowing freedmen or, or slaves into the army? How yeah. many of them are put to the none of them are put to the wall? None of them are put to that edge. None of them are forced to make that conversion. If you don't have to interact with the material conditions on the ground, you're never going to make that realization in the abstract. As much as you try, as much as you may want to
1: even, you have to be confronted with that material condition before you're going to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. I do not ask what was the attitude of this government when many of the officers and men who had undertaken to defend it openly threatened to throw down their arms and leave the service if men of color should step forward to defend it and be invested with the dignity of soldiers. Moreover, I do not ask what the position of the government when our loyal camps were made slave hunting grounds and the United States officers performed the disgusting duty of slave dogs to hunt, down slaves for rebel to hunt down slaves for rebel masters these were all the dark and terrible days of the republic i do not ask you about the dead past i bring you to the living present and then still continuing still <laughs> Ev- events more mighty it more mighty than men eternal providence all wise and all controlling have placed us in the new relations of the government and all governments to us what that government is to us today and what it will be tomorrow is made evident by the very few facts look at them colored men slavery in the district of columbia is abolished forever slavery in the territories of the united states is abolished forever the foreign slave trade which ten thousand revolting abominations is rendered impossible Slavery in ten states of the Union is abolished forever. Slavery in the five remaining states is a certain to follow in the same fate as the night is to follow the day. The independence of Haiti is recognized. Her minister sits back behind, beside our prime minister, Mr. Seward, and dines at his table in Washington, while colored men are excluded from the cars in Philadelphia, showing that a black man's complexion in Washington in the presence of the federal government is less offensive than the city of brotherly love. Citizenship is no longer denied to us under this government.
0: Fuck yes! Mm -hmm.
1: Frederick Douglass,
0: ladies and gentlemen, this is like a
1: page of quotes. This is still continuing. Keep going. Under the interpretation of our rights by Attorney General Bates, we are American citizens. We can import goods own and sail ships and travel in foreign countries with American passports in our pockets. And now so far from there being any opposition so far from excluding us from the army as soldiers, the president at Washington and cabinet in the Congress, the generals commanding and the whole army of the nation united, giving us one th- thunderous welcome and to share to them, in the honor and the glory of suppressing treason and upholding the star spangled banner. The revolution is tremendous and it beco- becomes us a wise men to recognize the change and to shape our action accordingly. Notice he calls it revolution in this sense, like, you know, the, the revolution is happening Yeah, um, because it's a huge deal. No.
0: Well, no, because Du Bois and, and Frederick Ellis at the time both recognize that this is, this is a truly american revolution this yeah. is a revolution of of american people not yeah. not some bougie british middle class against other bougie higher bougie you know british middle class this is a revolution
1: yeah and a big part of the revolution is is how far does it carry it, it needs to finish out to become a revolution and of course we're in the midst of the book that is described going to describe how that's unfortunately not going to finish out but In the sense of, in the time it was happening, absolutely it was revolutionary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I hold that the federal government was never, in its essence, anything but an anti-slavery government. Abolish slavery tomorrow, and not a sentence or syllable of the Constitution need be altered. (laughs) It was purposely so framed as to give no claim, no sanction to the claim of property in man. If its origin... If in its origin slavery had any relations to the government, it was only as the scaffolding to the magnificent structure to be removed as soon as the building was completed. There is in the Constitution no East, no West, no North, no South, no Black, no White, no Slave, no Slaveholder, but all are citizens who are of American birth. Such is the government following citizens you are now fellow citizens. of fellow citizens you are now called upon with your arms. Such is the government that you are called upon to cooperate with In burying rebellion and slavery in a common grave. Never since the world began was a better chance offered to a long enslaved and oppressed people. The opportunity is given to us to be men. One with courageous resolution, we may blot out the handwritings of ages against us. Once let the black man get upon his per- person, the brass letters U S let him get an Eagle on his button and a musket in his, on his shoulder and bullets in his pocket. There is no power on this earth or under this earth, which could deny that he has earned the right of citizenship in the United States. God, <laughs> Finally, damn right.
0: God. Da- now it is not, I am going to, to raise uh, uh, a public complaint. Uh, You got to read the giant Marx quote and the giant Frederick Douglass quote. And I've just got to read nothing but racist ass generals. I'm not happy about this. And I I will take up my complaint in formal podcast court later. But that being said, God damn, Frederick Douglass.
1: Yeah. God damn. Well, and you notice something true here. um, And this is why even with the human currency that they're being treated as, uh, by the the moderates and, and Republicans who will unfortunately later stab them in the back, um, something that's very very liberatory is being able to arm yourself and organize militias and fight and defend yourself. Um, you know this this is something that has has been denied of of you know black and indigenous people of color throughout the history of the United States um, before and after the Civil War and for a moment. They felt great liberation in being able to arm and defend and define themselves and fight for what they choose to fight for. There's nothing more liberating. Um, so stick that in a gun control pipe and smoke it. Makes sense.
0: Yep. Um, just bracing myself for this next paragraph. In the meantime, two fateful occurrences took place. First, the white workers. Of New York declared in effect that the Negroes were the cause of the war and that they were tired of the discrimination that made workers fighters for the rich. So, again, you have the working class. Mm-hmm. Again, big, broad, Broadway letters. Here's why class reductionism is fucking nonsense, <laughs> in case you were needing it the white workers of New York declared that the ineffective Negroes were the cause of the war and that they were tired of that discrimination that made workers fight for the rich. They therefore killed all the Negroes. They could lay their hands on. Let's get in. No, 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 no. It's not about race. It's about class. Fuck off. Yeah. Because all the white workers of New York decided that they didn't like having to go to war for the ruling class. And it was the fucking black and Brown people's fault. Nothing else. Fuck class reductionism. It has been, it it will lead to this. This is your purest distilled down version of it. If you believe that it's class, not race, you better get very comfortable with that paragraph. Mm -hmm. You better be willing to believe that that paragraph is okay. Okay. Because fuck no, it's not. There is other things to take into account. On the other hand, in Louisiana and South Carolina, Negro soldiers were successfully used in pitched battle. Doesn't exactly feel like it balances out the first fucking part of that paragraph, but fine. The opposition to the war in the North took various forms. There was the open sedition, led by Valingdom Han some About fucking the landing fuck ham you. Some, Valandi- st- some fucking bougie shit. name and ending in the mass opposition of the working class this copperhead movement was pro slavery and pro southern great working class movement you got there guys and was met in part by closer understanding and allegiance an alliance between the abolitionists and the republican administration but the working class movement was deeper and more difficult. It was the protest of the poor against being compelled to fight the battles of the rich in which they could conceive no interest of theirs. If the workers had been inspired by the sentiment against slavery, which animated the English workers results might have been different. Again, remember English working class seemed universally for Mm
1: -hmm.
0: pro emancipation,
1: pro pro, we recognize because they understood like, it was liberatory for everyone. Even if it meant a setback, it's for them almost the like they had sense.
0: Karl Marx as their spokesperson. Yeah. <laughs> but the copperheads of the North and the commercial interest of New York in particular were enabled to turn the just indignation of the workers against the Negro laborers. Hey, New York getting real tired of your shit. Um, Rather than against the capitalists, I do love that in a book that we have established, Du Bois was not, had not really dove, was not fully Marxist. Page 103, we've got a reference directly to, they turned the indignation against the Negro laborers rather than the capitalists. Already recognizing that that should be your dichotomy and against any war, even for emancipation. Even when the draft law was passed in 1863, it meant that the war could no longer be carried on with volunteers, that soldiers were going to be compelled to fight, and these soldiers were going to be poor men who could not buy extensions. The result throughout the country was widespread disaffection (laughs) that went often as far as rioting. More than 2,500 deserters from the Union Army were returned to the ranks from Indianapolis alone during a single month in 1862. Hmm. The total desertions in the North must have been several hundred thousands. Jeez. It was easy to transfer class hatred so that it fell upon the black worker. The end of the war seemed far off and the attempt to enforce the draft led particularly to disturbances in New York City where a powerful part of the city press was not only against the draft but against the war
1: and in favor of the south and negro slavery i feel like that part of the press might still be around in new york i just,
0: almost
1: yeah a little bit new york Post, didn't the new yorker new york Times, didn't the new yorker, new yorker. just
0: did the new yorker just do an article on is capitalism racist
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Subtitle.
0: No, definitely not. 100% cool, guys. We good. All cool. Also love it. Every, it happens every year, um, and yet it still somehow never gets less. Just, mm. Um But uh, almost every year on Twitter, I do get to see the New York Times obituary for Malcolm X at this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, the... The part of it that that always strikes me is again the first sub headline is you know you know Malcolm X something 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 use his 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 God given gifts and turn them for evil and malice and all why do we pretend that's supposed to be any sort of progressive liberal? And that's the thing that that Republicans think is the most liberal you can get is the fucking New York
1: Times. Yeah, it's
0: center right to like general right in general. It's, it's, it's just a warped peddling
1: rag. It, it picks up wherever the Washington Post drops off. Yes, um, it's garbage. I was immediately thinking of the cop tabloid rags. Is it the New York Post? Maybe the one I'm thinking of. It feels um, right, the but I'm Daily not. News. Uh, one I've been in New
0: York in twenty something years, but, so I, I don't nothing. know.
1: They've, they've definitely got some big, like you know, NYPD mouthpiece tabloid rags too.
0: I think we need to look at this all as broad based. There is no bastion that is safe from no white chauvinism, from racism, from from just general uh, uh, capitalist apologia. It is across the board in every. And again, especially in the the people that hold the levers of power, the people that really dictate policy at the highest levels, are almost always going to be guilty of the things that we're talking about here, and and that is it is important to recognize that it's important to recognize that again we're not we're not playing pro or con for our city, our state, our whatever. This is we we need to recognize where we're at, and again, it's not a a classist thing. It is a holistic proletariat who are we working for who is this yep. revolution supposed to be for who are we supposed to be helping um we're supposed to be helping everybody we're supposed to be helping the the absolutely the people that cannot afford to help themselves people that are not able to fight for themselves that should be who we're fighting for first because god damn it they they would if they could but they're not able to right now um we have to be fighting for uh Uh, black and indigenous people of color especially in the fucking imperial core um
1: you have to recognize the aspects of of race colonialism these things and and capitalism just pure property uh and and how they interrelate you can't think of them as two distinct battles it's not that you're fighting colonialism or capitalism it's that you're fighting colonialism and capitalism. And capitalism. And anytime because you reduce they it to- all make up your current base. Right. And anytime you reduce it to one of those uh, battles, I mean, we've talked about Garveyism. We're talking about class reductionism. Anytime you split that off and you're fighting one at a time instead of fighting on that same front, you're not really fighting anything. You're taking a reactionary turn and you're fighting yourself. And it's exactly
0: the kind of thing that capitalism does mm-hmm. that it exploits perfectly. And this mm-hmm. is where I, I, we're, we're 100% on it is- you can, if you if you're getting yourself into a position where you're trying, where you're a person that believes it is entirely that that the, the, colon, the colonialism fight is the fight, and that's the fight you have to be having right now, and it's the only fight, and you end up fighting a person who says no 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 no, it's capitalism, and it's only capitalism we have to fight. It's only the it's only the the the, the you know rich white guy base and the the Jeff Bezos. If those two groups are fighting each other instead of finding some way to recognize, wait a minute, this is. All baked in this whole thing is baked into the same argument, the same fight, the same conflict. We should be working together to fight one person. That's what they keep trying to do. They atomize you, they take you away, they alienate you from each other, and they convince you that these are the fights you should be having instead of wondering why they keep getting to dictate the terms of what we're fighting about.
1: Yeah, and you that's the kind of stuff we keep you coming can't, back to. You can't end capitalism without decolonization. And you can't decolonize without ending capitalism. End of story. Yes, and they are they are tied up in this,
0: and this is it's bringing to mind just a lot of again. I think I think something, and anyone who's listened to this show for any period of time will know. Um, I I don't have the most nuanced view of almost anything. Um, <laughs> I have very, I have very emotional um very visceral reactions to a lot of the things that I encounter um because I'm trying to learn this with a delay uh versus my my counterpart here um and I'm probably learning how to delay from you or I'm at least hopefully maybe some of you I'm encountering it in the same way you are but but that is uh, there there there's a lot here and there's a lot in this particular book um That that is just not sitting well with me. (laughs) It's putting me into a mindset that I haven't had to get into with anything else we've read. So, again, just bear with me as I read through this. Uh, No one. The first thing, I'm reading this live. Um, both of us are, to the best of my knowledge, unless David is cheating and reading ahead on me. No, I, I need to okay. cheat, but I'm just too, no, s- too swamped you with the okay. other stuff we're reading. No, we're all... Yeah. Exactly. We we have enough... I, hope, I was like, I trust that you're not having that much free time. Um, everything we're reading, we're reading live. So this is... We're trying to react to it as it happens, um, because I think that is a more useful way for other people to...
1: Ingest this. I I think um, the most useful is to get ahead of chapter and, and and go live chapter by chapter. But I think that's also not the most practical for me and Nathan mm, right now. So we're and, doing. And our that's best.
0: probably for other again for other people. I hope that you're doing that again. I hope that you have the opportunity to read this and then go back and listen and and kind of struggle with it and, and hopefully hear another position. But for again for how I I do this, it I don't want to be a chapter head because I have enough time to wrap. I want this to be raw a little bit. Where I, I, I'm, I'm. Ha- you, you get to hear me figuring it out. You get to hear at least two sides hashing out how do you com- how do you read something blank, having no experience with it, and then s- synthesize a reaction to it in some way. And I, I I feel like we've lost a little bit of that, and I, I want to bring it back a little bit more. So, again, I feel like I, I'm really happy with what we're doing right now because I feel like that's a lot of that which is having an actual fucking discussion as a person that uh, admittedly doesn't know as much as I should. And and a person that knows at least more than I do, if not all the things as I seem to think you do at all times,
1: I am still trying to learn a lot. Let's get that. but At
0: least you know more than I do. So that's, that's at least a step in the right direction. So if, if, if I can come to you and say, Hey, this is, I, I'm having a weird gut reaction to this and I don't like it. And you can explain to me why I may be wrong. I'll, I'll take that. Um, but that, again, I I agree that there's there's a lot here that that's kind of throwing some stuff off. But again, we should really be seeing this as again another an additional example in a pile of examples that we've gone through. Of there are a lot of different aspects to how you enact major change in your in your situation. Um, you're you're. And every situation is different. Every base is different. Every superstructure is different. But if there's one thing we've kind of been realizing since we started dipping into, you know, black Bolshevik and then into this work, the United States is fundamentally different than anything else we've tackled up to this point. The same kind of points we talked about in relation to, you know, Russia – in Saint revolution and capital and all these other, you know, capital obviously was dealing with England. Uh, yeah. You know, but, but let imperialism, all these other things, the United States is a different beast. And I, I kind of don't want to be doing the LARPy stuff. I want to be doing stuff that is relevant to anything that can be useful here. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that, that's more challenging because there's, there's, there's some
1: aspects in play here that
0: aren't in play other places. And yeah, obviously and we haven't had our social revolution yet, so I don't know what the synthesis of those ideas are.
1: And to be clear, you know, we're, we're saying that differing, not an American exceptionalist place where we play by completely different rules, no. uh, but that everywhere has their own uh, set of material conditions. And the United States material conditions are extremely complex. It's one of the places, uh, much like, you know, Israel, Australia, New Zealand, um namibia uh, places like that where you know it's it's a settler colony um and you're going to have white settlers completely displacing indigenous people uh but it's clearly the biggest most powerful settler colony um it's one of the places along with the other americas that had you know slavery in the transatlantic slave trade and unlike the other places uh, because of the northern industrialization and the prominence of the southern cotton plantations, uh, it blew up and was more profitable and a much larger, uh, you know, slave. It was probably essentially the capital of, of the transatlantic slave trade for a long, long time. Um, and then, of course, as an imperialist power, much like Europe, um, it, you know, Canada is, is essentially on the same leg um, without having the, the Confederate history, uh, but having the same, you know, Colonial history um, and imperialist history. You know we're we're a beacon of imperialism, and then of course since World War II, uh, U.S. has designed itself as a hegemony because all the other European powers fell to where they're at least behind the United States. So the only challenge is socialism. And while for a long time there was a separate huge poll in the the USSR, uh, that was still you know hegemony versus socialism and decolonialism. And, um, when the USSR fell, that just made that much, much more acute. So it is, it is unique in those, those, uh, certain material conditions. And we do have to navigate what is unique about it. And to do that, we have to understand it. And that's why, you know, this book is a book of history. Uh, we've usually done books of theory, although history and theory incorporate well against I- into each other. Uh, but this as a book of history, really sharpens our theory um so that we can go out there because again the point of theory as we talk about is to sharpen your praxis and And to
0: pretend that there is not theory in here would be yeah i mean yeah this is no this was not
1: written for theory but it 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 is chock full of theory because of the history it has and Um, yeah
0: exactly so it is it is important and that that being said david what, one more time, I know, I know. If we're probably coming off a week where we've already done it, but, but again, just what, what, what's the goal here? I feel like it's always important to reiterate <laughs> it at the end.
1: Yeah, this might be this might be twice in the same week. And this is usually like every other uh, episode. I so don't. We think. It, uh, but it, we our, can never get it enough. All right. Uh, but our goal here is that hopefully. Um, Of course, you're in a group, an organization, a party, whatever, uh, doing reading groups, and you're either reading the same book and doing reading groups and using this as an enhancement, you know, going back since we are doing word for word on this one and reviewing it, but also adding another perspective to it uh, to further better your discussion, Uh, or if you're reading a different book, you know, to allow this book to go in at the same time, Uh, if you are on your own. Uh, reading, you know, hopefully this can be your reading group uh, for the book and be the discussion. And if not, at least, you know, whether it's a work like this where we can be your ebook by reading it word for word, uh, and then adding some context, or whether it be a book where we summarize, say, chapter by chapter, like we've done in the past, uh, and we'll do at other times, uh, and we can be your cliff notes as long as we get these works to you. And of course, the reason for that is so that you have theory to arm yourself with out there, uh, because without theory, praxis is misguided and dangerous and can send you down a reactionary path and without praxis theory is nothing theories for sharpening your praxis and praxis is theory and action
0: that being said if any of this angered you in a way that you're like man I should yell at these people um, there's a great way to do that and it's by emailing us at it's marks madness pod at gmail.com um, that, that is an effective way to communicate with us in a way that we can communicate back. Um, but let's say you don't want to use that particular format. You don't, you don't trust us with your email address. That's fine. Uh, twitter.com, the hell site that we're all familiar with. Cause we're leftists and we know where we live. Um, you can get us at Mark's madness pod on Twitter. Uh, our DMS are open. So you can DM us there if you'd prefer to yell at us in, in that format. Um, also, just you know, regular timelines. There, you can do what you want. Let's say you wanted to join a online leftist community that talks about Final Fantasy fourteen quite a bit, um, and and has a a I'm not a healthy association with K-pop. Um, you could join the Dumb and Awful Discord. Uh, that's in our Twitter bio. But let's say you don't want to get that. Well, you could you know, email us and we'll we'll send you the link. Uh, but beyond that, that's just a, a more open forum style. We're posting, we're talking to each other, we're having having real conversations. Honestly, during the quarantine, it's just a bunch of people reaching out. It seems like once a week and going like, "Hey, I'm 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 having a breakdown. Can y'all Can y'all talk real quick?" And everyone just just saying, "Yes, we're here and we hear you. And what do you need?" And just talking until everyone feels better. Uh, I've used that particular service at least twice now uh, in the past three weeks. So it's just a good place to be. There's good people. And I I recommend you, you hang out there. If you just need a place to chill. Um, those are all the ways that you can get in contact with us. Um, please use those. If you would prefer not get in contact with us, but instead are like, Hey, I like what these guys are doing. I'd prefer other people hear them. Um, you could send this to a friend, but we all know they're not going to listen to it because come on now. Um, if you really want to get a spread out there, if you leave a five star review on iTunes, uh, because they're the only one that matters, apparently. They cornered that market. We know how imperialism works. We we read that book. Um, leave a five-star review and then leave anything in the comments. I, I don't... I, at this point, recipes. Leave a recipe, in the, any recipe. I'll make it. I'll make it and eat it and then report back to you what I think of your recipe. um at at this rate, I'm not I'm not particularly choosy, but anything in there gets us out there so that more people will uh, will hear the pod, and we will hopefully spread that theory a little farther. Because you never know who the next person that that could kick off this this fun revolution we all want is, and and hopefully they've they've got something to ground them at that point. Um, that being said, man, I'm not used to recording two at a time. God damn, <laughs> this has been Mark's madness. I am Nathan. I'm David. We will talk to you sometime in the future, maybe, possibly, hopefully. Bye. Bye.